0: Good morning. Hope you've all enjoyed the summer so far. As Helen says, we know it took a dramatic turn, but hope you enjoyed it while, you la- while it lasted. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Frank. I'm married to Tiff, who's late to the service. No, I'm joking. She was dropping the kids. <laughs> We've got two kids, Scarlett and Roman, who have just gone upstairs. I'm actually not from Sidcup. I'm actually from South London, a place called Bermondsey. But when I was 18... I decided I was sick and tired of not seeing any grass, just council estates. So I thought, what better place to move to the edge of Kent? I ended up in sunny Sidcup. It's where I met my wife. It's where I come to meet Jesus. I was baptised and married here at New Community, and I've, I've been here ever since. Now, today, I've been asked to finish off the summer series that we've been doing, a series called Sing. And when I got asked, I was so excited. I was like, this is brilliant. And they said, yeah, you're going to talk about the importance of singing. I was like, I'm no good at singing. And then I thought, do you know what? Maybe they've got me confused with Chris. You know, the guy who leads the worship. Same trendy beard, same long hair, but I've double-checked. I'm definitely meant to be up here, so you're all right. Now, over the last few weeks, we've looked at a few different things when it comes to singing. We've looked at how we were created, commanded, and compelled to sing. Sing with your heart and mind. Sing with the people you share your life with. Sing with the local church. And last week, we looked at the radical witness when the church sings. Today is the last of the series, and it's called, Will You Sing? Now, firstly, I don't think our problem is singing. In fact, I've seen a load of you do karaoke. You don't struggle to sing. That music comes on. You're straight up there, especially Helen. But if I put on there's something in us, there's something in our design, something deep in us that love to sing. And I'll I'll prove what I mean. If I put on a clip like There's a mountain song that I'm dreaming of, if you need me, you know where I'll be. Or if you're a little bit more old school, maybe something like You should have heard the knockdown, jail first single. Everybody, let's run. Good songs, right? See, I don't think our stumbling block is singing. I put on that song, majority of the room sings along. I think our stumbling block comes to singing out in worship to someone who's greater than ourselves. The thing is, God is so passionate about singing. There's over 400 references to singing in the Bible. There's 50 direct commands to sing. The longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms, which is a book of songs. And we're commanded not once, but twice in the New Testament to sing hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs when we meet each other. Now, I understand that we're in completely different places. For some of us, we've known Jesus for a while, and singing out in worship is not, or it's no longer a problem. And when we come to sing out in worship, it's just this amazing experience of just singing to the king of kings and sometimes God reveals different things when we come in times of worship. For others, it might be that your heart is no longer connected to the words you're singing on the screen and if you're really honest with yourself, you might just be going through the motions. I know because I've done it. I've done the thing of turning up on a Sunday, saying hello to people, standing up, raising my arms, singing the words on the screen, listening to the talk, having a coffee, saying hello to your pals and going home. Just the motions. And for those of you that don't yet know Jesus, I know because I used to be one of you, singing in a room like this, full of people, singing out to the King of Kings that you don't know or don't recognize, it can just seem weird. Now... I'll be the first to admit, singing out with my heart in real passion, real worship, when things are not going right, it can be a real struggle. But I learned really quickly coming to new community that everybody here sings. And I wasn't raised in church. I've become a Christian in 2011, so I, I didn't know about this going through the motions and it took me out of my comfort zone. I remember. Dropping my wife off before I was a Christian. She was a Christian. I dropped her off to a midweek prayer group. And uh, I remember going to pick her up. I went to knock on the door and I could see through a side window, they was kind of all gathered in the front room and had a guitar. And I remember saying to myself, No chance. <laughs> and I remember, I remember going to sit back in the car and my wife came out about 10 minutes later and she said, I'm sure I saw you go to knock and walk away. I was like, Yeah, but. You guys are there with your guitar singing Kumbaya. You know You know that's not a bit of me. But over time, God has helped me understand that singing out in worship is not just about singing songs to fit in. It's helped me understand that it connects our hearts to God. It allows us to relate to God on a deep, intimate level. And it's so much more than just going through those motions. Now, for a long time, I was swayed by what kind of songs were sung, how the songs were sung, maybe even who was singing the songs. I used to love him. In fact, I still love listening to Matt Redmond's songs. Who here knows who Matt Redman is? Raise your hand. Wow. Okay, so at least I'm not alone. Now, a few years ago, we all went to Ashburnham. For those of you that don't know what Ashburnham is, it's a place that we go to every couple of years, and it's our church, load of other churches, and we go there, and we camp, we listen to great talks, there's amazing worship, and we just spend time in God's presence. But that year, Matt Redman was going to be there. Honestly, I was like a One Direction fan. I was so excited. And I remember... The day come and Matt Redman was going to be leading worship. But because we've got kids, we have to take it in turns. One of us has to stay behind, you know, responsible parents and all that. So it was my turn to stay behind with the kids while my wife went to the service. And she'd come back and I was like, how was it? And she was like, oh, the talk, the talk was amazing. I've taken loads of notes. I was like, no, 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 what about the worship? She was like, yeah, it was amazing. I felt the Holy Spirit lift the, I was like, no, no, no what about Matt Redman? You know, because he's like the Christian Ed Sheeran. (laughs) See, my wife didn't laugh like that. She just stood there and looked at me and said, you know what? That's why you can't meet Matt Redman because it's just going to get weird. (laughs) See, I'd missed it. I was so focused on the songs and the singer that I missed what singing out in worship was really about. I approached singing like I would anything else in my life. How I felt what I like, what it makes me feel inside. See, when we sing out in worship with our hearts really connected and we're not going through the emotions, it's a two-way thing. God loves because it brings us closer to him. It says in Zephaniah 3 verse 17, God exalts over his people with loud singing. See, the focus of our songs has to be him. It has to. In Psalm 66, verse 4, it says, All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. And in Isaiah 12, verse 5, it says, Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. See, if we don't understand these truths, if we don't really, really feel... The love of God, then to be honest, we might as well turn up on a Sunday, have Chris come on stage, and we might as well just sing Elvis. See, sometimes we fall into this trap, this rhythm, as I've been talking about, of going through motion. Sometimes there's something so small, deeper inside, that seems to be holding us back. Now, a few months ago, my dishwasher stopped working. And this is what I love about God. It's so bizarre how God can speak to us in random ways. So my dishwasher stopped working, and I'd put the cycle on, and at the end, they'd be left with all this kind of horrible water. So I'd get everything out, I'd clean it up with sponges, and then it looked apart. It looked all shiny, it looked all right, so I'd put the cycle back on. Same thing would happen. After two or three times, I thought, you know what, the problem is not the surface, it's deeper inside. So I started to take the dishwasher apart, now I can see a few of you looking at me thinking, hold on, I know Frank and he's nimble little office hands, they're not taking it. But that's right, I took it apart. And there was this kind of like fan magic. see I even know the technical words for these things. <laughs> this fan magic at the bottom and it was clogged with something so small and I kind of moved it and it made a pop sound. So I put it back together and it's worked ever since. And it was in that moment that God said to me, it's not about the surface, it's not about turning up and looking the part. See, God doesn't want our lip service. He doesn't want us to turn up on a Sunday for 40 minutes and give us his hearts. No, he wants our hearts every moment of every day. And when we sing and truly worship God and we sing these absolute truths, it just brings us to a deep understanding of who our father is. Now, I think sometimes because we sing the same songs over and over or there's other things going on in our life, I think sometimes these deep, intimate truths that we sing on this screen can sometimes get missed. So what what I've done is I've pulled out literally four lines of songs that we sing quite often here just to show the deep truths in why we sing it. Let's look at the first one. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. See, just as I'd read earlier, in God exalts over his people with loud singing. Before we were even created, before the world was even created, God was singing over us. That's why the writer of the song has plucked that truth because it's true. It's, It's what God loves. He was singing over us. Number two, I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. See, we're not saved by our works. We're not saved by the things that we do here on a Sunday or the things that we do. We are saved by the blood of Jesus, undeservingly given to us as a gift. That's the truth. That's why we sing it. Be still and know my soul. My God is in control. If you want to see the truth in that sentence, then just look at Romans 8 verse 28. It says, God will make all things work together for those who love him. That's the truth. That's why he's used that line. It's because it's true. And last but not least, it says, "Who the sun sets free, is free indeed." All you need to do is John, ju- jump to John uh, chapter eight, verse thirty-six. So, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, these are just four lines that I've plucked up, and there's there's thousands upon thousands of other songs out there. But even in these four lines, it gives our hearts a chance to be more open and honest and relate to God on a deeper level than we might be used to. See, singing doesn't take our mind off of our problems. No, it, it allows us to bring the problems to God and let God step in. And sometimes he might change the problem. Sometimes he might bring new perspective into the problem or sometimes he might just bring peace in the middle of the problem. See, I love to play football. I play football every Monday with a few of the guys from here. One of the reasons I love to play football is it doesn't matter what's going on. For 90 minutes, all I do is play football. I don't answer emails, text messages. I'm not doing anything. I just play football. Now, before I knew Jesus, as well as loads of other destructive things, I'd use football as a way of escaping. Because it didn't matter what problems I had, what anxiety I had, what stress I had at home or at work. For 90 minutes, I was free. But the problem was, when the whistle blew, all of my problems were there. All of my stress was still there. All of my anxiety was still there. And if we'd lost, it'd add to that because I'd be annoyed. Now, you might not use football. There's loads of ways that we do this. You might drink too much. You might eat too much. You might go on holidays to to escape the daily routine of normal life. Or you might just stay home and just jump into box set after box set. The problem is these things are only distracting us for a little bit. And they're trying to fill the place that can only be filled with the love of Jesus. I know because I used to do these things. See, I understand that there is pain amongst us. I understand that there's either pain from your past or what's going on right now and I know singing out in worship when there is things that are really hard going on in your life I know that that is so difficult. See I'd never really experienced pain before until the end of 2013 and mid 2014 See, before this point, I thought everything was all right. God had blessed me with a wife. I'd come to know Jesus. I had two wonderful kids. I had a good job. And I never really had to question or rethink the truths that I believed. And then my wife's nan passed away. And I saw for the first time the pain of loss, not just for my wife, but how it rocked her whole family. And then about a month later, my nan passed away. And my nan was, you know, you get them people that you think are going to outlive everyone. You just always think they're going to be around, but she wasn't. And then I felt that pain that my wife was going through. Now, at the time, I couldn't turn to my dad and tell him how I was feeling. My dad at the time was in prison. And instead of turning to my other father and saying, God, this is what I'm going through, I just refused. And I just turned up on a Sunday. I was still coming to church, but just going through the motions. And then I got an unexpected call when I was at work. And the call said, your dad has had an unexpected heart attack and he's died in his cell. And I was so confused. I was so angry. But yet, I just went through the motions. Instead of... Asking the only one who could give me answers to my questions I just refused I just thought I could do this on my own and a little bit of time passed and then all of a sudden we got the good news that we was expecting our third child how amazing finally there was some light in all of this darkness and a couple of months had gone past and still going through the motions on a Sunday still saying hello to people on the surface everything looked all right And then we went to the hospital just for a routine checkup. And my wife got called into the room and I waited in the waiting area. And then they called me in. You know when you just know that something's wrong? You know when you, before anyone says a word, you know that something's wrong. And the doctor said, look, I'm sorry to tell you, but your son has died late in the pregnancy. And it felt... Like my whole world come to a grinding halt. That light that had pierced this darkness was gone. Everything was just gone. And I wanted to be there for my wife. I wanted to be strong for my wife. But I didn't want to do anything. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. Not on a deep level. Not even my wife. I didn't want to sing. was the last thing I felt like doing is coming and singing out. I didn't want to read my Bible. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to do anything. So instead of actually saying, God, look, I need help, I refused and went through the motions. And what happened was my body started shutting down. I lost weight. I broke out in what was called teardrop psoriasis. It looked like I had chicken pots from head to toe. And it was in them moments that I thought, do you know what? Enough is enough. I can't do this on my own. And I cried out to God. But through all of this, for all of this pain, these questions, this anger that I had, God remained with me. Even when I didn't want to spend time with him. Even if I'm honest, when I was walking away from him, but still here at church. Because you can do that. You can walk away from church, from God, but still be at church. It's because your heart's not connected. But for all of this, he remained with me and reminded me that I'm a son. That I'm loved. That he was with me. Every step of the way. That he knew me before the world was created. Like he knows every one of us. That he went into each day before me. So there was nothing to surprise to him. And he used these times. To bring me closer to him. He used these painful. Tragic times. To bring me and bring our family closer to him. And. It was it was tough. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say it, it was a great experience. Because it wasn't. It was painful. But I started turning up to church. And I stopped going through the motions. I started being open and honest with God. And when I sang out in worship. I looked at the words on the screen. And I started reading the words in my Bible. And I started to understand. That God was really here for me. And I could cast anything and everything onto him. Now there's questions that I might never get an answer to. Why didn't I get to say goodbye to my nan? Why didn't my dad get to meet my son Roman? See, we made the decision that when my dad got sent to prison, we wasn't going to take the kids to visit him in prison. It was a decision we made as a family. So my my dad never got to meet my son Roman. I'll never know why that was. Why didn't my son get to open his eyes and smile or run around and play football with his older brother? But... Through all of this, God is still there with me. And use these times to bring us closer, as I just said. It was tragic, but it was a deepening, intimate part of my relationship with God. In Philippians 4, verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think it's important that we understand truths like this because the peace of God surpasses all understanding. There are times that we're just not going to be able to understand what's going on in our lives. Singing in dark times is not not just... In fact, singing in dark times is sometimes more important than singing in good times. If we want our lives to be full of singing and worship, then it's not about turning up on Sunday And just giving giving God your heart for 40 minutes. No, if we want our lives to be full of singing and worship, then our days have to be full of singing and worship. And if you want to see this in the Bible, all you need to do is read the story of David. See, David is a great example of daily worship and expression to God. Looking at David's life shows that he sang out to God when he was a shepherd boy, when he defeated a giant. When he became king, he sang to the glory of God. Now, David wasn't perfect. David made massive mistakes. And David wasn't always living the high life. No. There was times where David was hiding in a cave, fearing for his life, yet he sang to the glory of God. See, David understood that concept of the way that we live our days is the way that we're going to live our lives. And the one thing that stands out to me when I read about David is that fact that he wanted his daily life to be full of worship. I don't imagine David having a a quiet couple of hours and going, you know what, no one's bothering me, let me knock out a few psalms. No, the thing is, David understood that if he wanted his life to look like worship and singing out to God, then his days had to be singing out and daily worship to God. Even on the eve of when Jesus was crucified, it says in the Gospel of Matthew that he sung hymns with his disciples. Let's picture that for a second. On the eve of being betrayed by one of his closest friends, on the eve of being humiliated and beaten, on the eve of being crucified to the cross for the sins that we've committed, it says that Jesus sang And I think that's a clear example of showing God's heart and passion for singing. And that's the gospel. That's what unites us. It's the fact that Jesus died and rose again, defeated death so we could live, be set free so we could have a relationship, not just in heaven, but here on earth with Him as well. See, we're family because of the blood of Jesus. We've been made whole by the blood of Jesus, we've been made righteous. By the blood of Jesus. See, it's not our love of music that unites us. It's the blood of Jesus. And understanding that is so important. And when we do truly understand it and, and feel it in our hearts, it's so powerful. I worked near London Bridge. In the summer, I was crossing the bridge and I had a massive tribute to all of the people last year who lost their lives in the London Bridge terror attacks. And I remember as I was crossing the bridge, I saw this massive banner. And it said, terror will lose, love will win. And then it had hashtag London United. And I thought, how amazing that in the wake of such tragedy, that a city like London would stand up and show that they were strong and united. And then God prompted me with a verse from Galatians. It was chapter 2, verse 26 to 28. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all you were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For all of you are in Christ Jesus. See, that's the gospel. It's the love of Jesus that unites us. How powerful is that? How much more powerful on Sundays like this that we get to stand united as the people of God and sing out our own song in worship to the King of Kings. Remember, Jesus is the focus of our songs. What what do the people of every tribe and every tongue and every nation and every language sing? I don't know because the Bible doesn't tell us. Instead, the Bible tells us the focus of our songs. It says, worthy is the lamb that was slain. See, the lamb has to be central to our singing. Why? Because Jesus was the one that made it possible. Can I ask the worship band to come back on stage? And as I bring this to an end, I'd like, if we could, can everyone stand, please? See, all I want for us is for us to be open and honest when we sing. Whether we're, like today, with hundreds of people or we're on our own. Whether we're in a car or walking along. Whether we, I want us to pray and feel the love of Jesus, and I want us to be able to lay all of our problems, all of our worry, all of our anxiety at His feet every time we come in His presence. I want us to not hold anything back. Remember, there's no right way to sing to God. You can sing out loud or you can sing quiet. You can have your arms raised or your arms lowered. You can have your eyes closed or your eyes open. You can dance with joy or drop to your knees and call out to God. Whether you can't hold back the smile or hold back the tears, God wants our hearts. And remember, you're not singing for your left or your right, what the person in front or behind is doing. You're singing between you and Jesus. Now, we've come to the end of our summer series. I hopefully, over the last few weeks, with all the, the amazing talks that you've heard, I hope that... Jesus has really spoken to you or maybe even today Jesus has really put something on your heart what's the next step for some of us it will be letting our guard down being open and honest to God when it comes to worship for others it will be looking and saying do you know what I think that's me I think I'm going through the motions then I pray that you spend time with God And he puts that flame, that burning desire, back into your worship experience with him, not just on a Sunday, but every day of your life. My prayers for us today is not just let me sing. My prayers is if you don't yet know Jesus, I pray that Jesus breaks into your life like he's done me, like he's done with so many of you. And I pray that he helps you understand that these things that you might be trying to put in his place will never fill his place that the love of Jesus will change everything in your life so you can be free. I pray that if you are stuck going through the motions, I pray that God breaks some chains today so you know that you are free. And if any of us need to lay anything before God, lay anything before him today, please don't leave here today without doing so. Don't worry about left and right, front and back. Lay it before God. Call out to God today and say, God, you know what? You know where I am, but I'm here. I'm here for you because you are the King of Kings. You knew me before the world was created. You love me. I am yours and you are mine. Fill my heart with worship today and let me sing out with true feeling. Remember, we are free and the way that we're going to live our days is the way that we're going to live our life. Let's sing.